So, um, don't know that you want to spend time doing this on the pulpit. pulpit. I can handle this on social media. Somebody said, I would love to know what all of these are. And, you know, I know that Kirk is, and you are the ones that kind of put together the list of what we'd want to represent. So, well, I, you know, y'all must have done. This is the question to me because they're the waves, you know. I guess that's just the sea as well. Maybe so. And, um, this must just be a false teacher, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's Michael and mm-hmm. the devil. There's Jude writing the book. Right. I guess that's right. Here are the angels that have been banished into darkness. Mm-hmm. Here's Cain killing Abel. Right. But th- this is the only one I've got a puzzle about. Is the coral. That's exactly right. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, hidden reefs. Okay. Hidden reefs. There you go. So they're they're all pictures, and I told you my son called me and said, "Whoever did this, said it." He said, "Dad, that thing just looks great." Jared McGookin did that. We'll give him a shout out. So very good. talented, and as I told you, he hand drew those. So wow, did a great job. Yeah, he really did, didn't he? Who who does the drawing like for the video thing that we shot yesterday? That was uh, Lakin Shepherd. She's a Lakin Shepherd. She's a college student. Young adult college student. Oh well, she just graduated, okay. didn't yes. she? I say college student. Sorry, she's she's a yo pro now. Yo pro. Yeah. <laughs> is she? Uh, does she do that for a living? Is she going to be a commercial artist or something? Well, she's a graphic designer by trade. Yes. But she loves really music. neat. Uh, you know that catches your attention when somebody yeah. when you see like you did yesterday when figures come up and. You know what she didn't do that I I haven't seen it yet. I'm assuming it was the best part of the video was the lower third name. I actually hand wrote that for him. No, I didn't see that. Oh, Pastor Mike. Now my feelings are hurt. Oh, no. I had to do it like three different times on the iPad. I had to write his name. Oh, is that right? (laughs) That is hard to do. You know, when you go into a place and they say, you got to sign this, just use your finger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just scribble out, you know, just anything. Well... Yeah, I'm I'm a little sad that you didn't notice my handiwork. Uh, I, I, you know, I didn't get to see, but just I looked up and I saw the drawing and I popped my head around and I because I was out in the lobby mm-hmm. by the time that was running. Yeah, it grabs your attention and she does a good job. She's yeah. very talented. All right, we've given two good. of our graphic designers a shout out this morning. Okay. <laughs> then we should, you know what, just to be fair, Scotty McKnight does a lot of stuff for us, and including the It's Nice to Have You at Valleydale Wall that people oh. um, like so much. Yeah. She designed that for us. Okay. It's a girl, Scotty. Scotty. Is, okay. Yes. It's Scott, um, Lin- it's Scott Linning's daughter. Okay. Okay. Who's now did, married and has not a really, very, yeah. very You know, there's girl. a f- real famous theologian uh, who is, I, I want to say he's at the University of Chicago, but I could be wrong, at the Divinity School there, whose name is Scott McKnight. Oh, Okay. And I've often wondered, is that Edgar McKnight's son? Because Edgar McKnight was the, uh, he was the Greek scholar at Furman University. I took classical Greek from him. Mm-hmm. I wish I could tell you. Oh my, they, they were liberal at Furman. I wish I could tell you what he did to me my first, our first test. He liked me for some reason. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because I was just, you know, everybody else in there, all these erudites going to Furman, and they'd come out of private school. And 
I asked him a question. He gave us our first test, and I went up and I said, Dr. McKnight, I just don't understand this. And he pulled me out in the hallway, said something to me that's inappropriate. <laughs> and, then, and then I looked at him and I said, well, is it da-da-da-da-da? And he just beamed, just as big, that's it, my boy. Put me back, you know. Well, I'm intrigued, uh, but I don't want to compromise the integrity (laughs) of our programming to to hear the full story. So, um, and really, we need to move on to, I think, what's going to be everyone's, well, second favorite part of the recap today. Because the favorite part is always the recap of the sermon. Okay. But before we move into that, you mentioned LeBron. Yeah. And his... uh, Tremendous amounts of money he spends on maintaining his physical yeah, body. He, he does. He he does more than just all of Olay. That's yes. for sure. And I know you're not on social media as much Mm-mm. as I am. Of course, that's a yeah. big part of my job, so I have to be. But what you may not know is that a lot of time influencers, which like it or not, you do influence people, Pastor Mac. We would we would call you an influencer. That but they I've share with people they're like. Their skincare routines and their yeah. how they how they fix their do hair. They, really? they do. So I thought maybe people would like to hear a little bit about. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my word! So oil of Olay is that? No, no, no! no I don't no. use anything. <laughs> I don't use anything. The only thing I would use is a little hairspray to keep all this little wispy, wiry hair, you know, mm-hmm. down. Maybe in a little the, sunscreen. Uh, you know, I wear hats all the time. Yeah. Because um, dermatologist had told me, he said, "Boy, you better, you'd better keep a cap on your head." Yeah. We'll just be having yeah. skin cancers I, I removed until const- you. Have, yeah. I go every or not three even months. Cancers, just suspicious yeah. things they got to yeah. take off. Yep. Yep. Every three months. All right. Well, there. You, I'm sorry, guys. Bad news for all of you who wanted to know a little bit more about how Pastor Matt looks the way he does. It is natural. It's yeah. just. It's you know what can I say. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did think, though, when I was thinking about asking you that this morning, did you have, like, a hairstyle in your youth that you well, just thought, yeah. now I... You have to go look at the pictures in Debbie's office. What was one, like, what was your, what was your hairstyle that you just thought you just looked... I don't know. The most... You know, awesome. the thing that I had, I had big old lamb chops when I, were in high school, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of girls wanted to date me because I was the only guy that could grow these things, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I had... Dark hair and heavy beard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you had a full beard or just the... Uh, no, I just had the, the big the lamb chops, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's kind of the Elvis Presley deal. Yeah. I do need to see that picture. <laughs> well, I don't know if I've got it on in that, that picture in there, but I bet I, it's somewhere, I've had though. some. That, I bet it's somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing sadder than a uh, uh, <laughs> high school... Back. Well, no. Oh, no, gosh. I was going to say than seeing a high school uh, student, a male... Trying to grow facial hair, they can't do it. You're just oh, like, well, I no. Had, I had just, man, I had them in. Let's I just wait. Yeah, let's just wait a few years. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm not calling you out, Brody. No, thank <laughs> you. I, I almost. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Pastor Kirkwood, just really quickly, is still on paternity leave with his sweet yeah. little family and uh, sweet little Hope and his wife Lauren. Yeah. So we yeah. wish him well and. I don't know if he watched this last week. I'm assuming he didn't because I didn't get any feedback. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Way, he, said he, wa- he, he said he was watching Wednesday night. So, yeah. you know, surely he's up watching surely us. Surely he, he is. is. Why yeah. would he still be in bed at this late, late yeah. hour with a newborn? Yep. Okay. So we'll move into, so we're second to last sermon in Jude. You're going right. to wrap this up next week. 
Yeah. This coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. Wrap it up. Mission week coming as we, up. Yes, we as we start kick one off mission. mission. Right. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, it's always interesting how the Lord works things around. I thought the music that Kirkwood had yesterday was, it just lent itself really to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I get up there and I want to quote those songs and I can't remember the lines. But anyway, I thought, gosh, man, that is just goes right along with what I'm doing. Really tied in well. Good. The other thing is, is that I come down to these two verses, 22 and 23, having mercy on some who are doubting, others snatching them out of the fire, some uh, and on some have mercy without fear, hating even the garment uh, polluted by flesh, which all of that, and I won't get into it because I don't know exactly how I'm going to go with that. Mm-hmm. But to me, all of that just screams reaching people for Christ, yes. missions, you know, uh, evangelism, personal event, local, national, international evangelism. And the one thing that this morning just did hit my head, uh, my mind, <clears throat> my thoughts was this, God's salvation comes wrapped up in God's security. You know, if, if, if Jesus came and he died for us and saved us, but it, there was no eternal security, it would lessen. Now, I, I have to say, this is not just me saying this, but John MacArthur says this as well. Uh, it would lessen the effect of salvation mm-hmm. if you could be saved and then lose it. Right. <clears throat> you know. So uh, what he says in 24 and 25 is the security. Right. And what he's doing in 22 and 23 is he's calling us to be involved in the harvest, to be involved in going sharing. And the interesting thing is this, he's just gotten through telling us what we need to do to guard ourselves against falling away. He's been talking about these false teachers. Here's a real word of conviction here on this. We aren't just to protect the church from false teachers. We are responsible for sharing the gospel with false teachers. Right. Right. So, you know, yesterday I used two illustrations that faced me when I first came here. Mm-hmm. But we tried to deal with these people. We right. tried to share with them. We tried to talk to them. But there was just absolutely no willingness at all on their part. And I'm glad you I'm glad you said that. That's important to share because you've brought up a couple of times recently too about the whole cancel culture where it's like yes. you messed up, you're yeah, you're yeah. gone. And that's we, not how you guys handle no, that. No, 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 no. That's that number one, that's not the way you do. Two things about church discipline. If you enjoy church discipline, you're sick. <laughs> and number two, um, when you do church discipline, the whole purpose is to be redemptive. That's what Paul is doing in First Corinthians when he says, "Put the guy out," mm-hmm. you know. But you know, treating that, you know, cut him off, treating that way, so that you can reach him. Mm-hmm. The whole point is is the attempt, not just to cut out somebody who is doing something they have no business doing, like false doctrine. But is to try to reach them with the gospel. Right. They they are lost also. Yeah, they yes, are lost. Even though they've been in the church, they and maybe at one time have been in good standing with their yeah, teaching and yeah. their beliefs. <clears throat> I'm glad you pointed that Save out. Save those who are, you know, 
snatch them out of the fire. Right. Um, and that's have so important mercy on others. Because a lot of time when you see people that are in leadership and ministry, if they do fall, if they do fail, it is the inclination a lot of times for people just to cut them off. We can't believe they did that. You yeah. know, we, you know. You know, if any, you know, Lord forbid, if any one of us falls into a great gross sin that becomes so heinous that the church, you know, you have to call you up in front of the church and put you out, um, you really would hope and pray that the church would turn around and seek to restore you. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know, I've had to discipline a couple of staff members, but and it always takes a little different form. You know, we don't have one set form in doing that, or I don't have one set form. But in every every case, in every situation, I've sought in every way I could to restore. I may not can restore them to position, but I can restore them to fellowship. Right, right. And Immediate. that's good. When somebody comes and confesses, yeah, yes. and repents, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and... You know, okay, well, there's some consequences. We have to take you out of leadership, but look, we don't we don't want you to be removed from the fellowship. Mm-hmm. We want you to stay in the fellowship. Right. As long as you repent, you're repentant of the, you know. Right. That's so. a good word. Another good word. That's like a whole other sermon in and of it itself. Is, it is a sermon series, really. Um, I did want to just really quickly follow up, too. I don't want to get too far off track, but when you talked about our security and eternal salvation mm-hmm. and how important that is to understanding just how gracious the gift of Jesus Christ yes, is, right? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I've had some conversations with people recently that um, are genuinely fearful that they can lose their salvation and do it without knowing how or why. Like yeah. that they're going to mess up in some way that hasn't, yeah. you know what I'm saying, been, been, been lined up in Scripture. So talk a little bit about that, okay. about the security. And, and, and let me say, that's the number one thing through 40 plus years of ministry that I have had recur Mm -hmm. are people that come to me worried that they've lost their salvation. Now, let me just give you a little help on that. Mm -hmm. When somebody comes to you with that, this is what I say. Lost people don't worry about that. Right, right. So are you saying that's an element of conviction maybe or or discernment or desire? I think it's, I think it, yeah, I think it is, one of the things that you can reassure yourself, I wouldn't be thinking this way if I were not a child of God. Right. I mean, you just don't have, you know, a guy just doesn't pull up over here, rob the bank, and then walk in down here and say, you know, I really, at times, uh, I've never accepted Christ. I've never thought about Christ, never go to church, no, not in his word. But I wonder about my salvation. No, right. they don't do that. Right. You know, so one of the great things to say and share with somebody who's worried about losing their salvation is that lost people don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Number one. Number two, the second thing is this. Joe, of all the things, if you said you have got to give me one thing that after all these years of, you know, study and doing ministry that you are certain of in the word of God, what would it be? And I'd have to say eternal security. Because I find eternal security in Scripture everywhere. Mm -hmm. It is stunning. I wish now I could go back at least 20 years and just start writing down every little passage with a thought that I had that deals with eternal security. This guy, Jude does. Mm -hmm. He's dealing with eternal. Now to him who is able. Just notice this. That's a present active... um, Present active indicative, I think. Uh, 
and I just, just off the top of my head, and I'm looking at an English text. He, uh, to, now to him, who is able to, does it say who was able mm-hmm. or who might be able? Right. Present tense. He is able. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that little um, verb of being right there, who is able to mm-hmm. keep you from falling, from stumbling, that's, that's a word of security Amen. right there. Mm-hmm. Just in the little tiny grammar there, right. you get right. it. But he's, gonna, he's able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Now, that is shouting ground right yes. there. Yes. <laughs> uh, he is able, going to be able, because I was like, man, I'm going to go in before God. I'm going to be so, no, well, he's able to present you before his presence, blameless. And because of that, there's going to be un, unbridled joy in my life. The song, Yet Not I, has that, that line that says, until I stand with joy before his throne. And that, yeah. that line has always struck me that that should not, I shouldn't be able to do that. And, and, and in and of myself, I cannot. It is it, only through the blood of Jesus. It is the work of God in the believer's life that when you stand before him, because we often think this, I mean, I do, I have. You know, I'm going to be so embarrassed. I'm going to be so ashamed. I'm going to... You are diminishing the effect of the work of the blood of Christ in your life. Right. Yes, diminishing that. You ought to be lifting your hands over there. (laughs) And exaggerating your ability to attain it in any way. I was going to say one of the things that has come up in those conversations is what it really comes down to is you're saying that your salvation on some level is based on your works. Mm -hmm. And it is not. Because if it was... We all would have lost it. You see, I always say that's the wrong question to ask. Can I lose my salvation? That's the wrong question. The question is this, is can Jesus Christ, who is now seated at the right hand of the Father, sin? Mm -hmm. Because he's the one that keeps your salvation. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can lose your salvation is if he sins, and that's not possible. Right. And we won't get into peccability or impeccability and all that kind of stuff and all of that. But, (laughs) you know, the the fact is you didn't earn your salvation, so therefore you cannot lose your salvation. Amen. Now, if you earned it, you can lose it. Right. All right, guys, we're done for the day. (laughs) There's your bonus sermon for the week from Pastor Mac. Thank you for that. Thank you for uh, diverting a little bit into that. Um, let's go straight into the points under number two. So point number two is preparing yeah. you by reminding you to remain in God's love. Yeah. And then you had four sub points underneath that about what we are called to do yeah. in order to and, do that. And it's really, how do I guide my life uh, through days of apostasy so that I don't fall into it? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I go back to what Jesus says back in Matthew when he said that if the days had not been shortened, that even the le- the elect would have been deceived. So um, the the whole thing there is how how can I get through without being seduced myself, tempted, or pulled over, or you know change positions on something that is solidly biblical? Right. That. So how do I do that? Okay. Well, number one, you know, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Mm-hmm. And I come back and I made a big point out of but you right there. In fact, both of these points come out of the fact that but you and but you really are the two things that he's saying. Mm-hmm. The but you there, it which is the conjunction, but the you, the pronoun, the pronoun is reflexive. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, the whole thing about a reflexive pronoun is that the um, action, which is building, always goes back to the pronoun. It goes mm-hmm. back to the subject. Right. So who is to do this building? Well, the, pe- the preacher's to do this in my life. No, I'm not. Um, I, I've, I've got to give you the word. I've got to feed you the word. But you're responsible for building yourself up. Right, right. And it comes down to personal responsibility, which nobody in our generation wants to hear anything about. I'm not responsible. If, if, if I do something stupid, well, it's not my fault. It's, you know, somebody's fault out there. Probably somebody in the government. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody somewhere out there. <clears throat> somebody messed up when I was, you know. And that's one reason that the daily Bible reading plan, that that is one of the reasons that we We decided to do that this year is that we understand that there is no greater foundation for life than the Word of God. And that's why we encourage everyone to be in it every single day. Right. Every single day. And then you come to the second thing, and that is praying uh, in the Holy Spirit, which is... uh, I've taken that. Of course, it's not enough just to read the Word. You need to pray. You know, you should pray before you go to Scripture and ask the Holy Spirit to open it uh, so that there's an understanding. When you get through, you ought to pray, and you ought to just listen for a little bit. Listening is as much a part of prayer as speaking. Right. Uh, to hear, what is the Holy Spirit telling me out of this? What is, what is God saying to me out of this? And, and to do that, praying in the Holy Spirit, it isn't some kind of uh, wild emotional experience it is really the deep work of sanctification in your life. Mm-hmm. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in the inner person of your life. So that's what he's saying with that. The third thing is to keep yourself in the love of God. Now, um, I, I, I wished I'd had more time because I would like to make even a different point out of that, and that is he starts off talking about being beloved in God, the Father, kept for Jesus Christ, and he comes back and he's going to end this talking about the love of God. And it's the love of God for us. It's not just our love for God, but it's God's love for us. Mm-hmm. Th- that's another thing people find hard to accept. And I suspect it leads to the questioning of our salvation. Right. Uh, is it's hard for me to believe that God really does love me. Right. You know, there, there are times it's hard for me to believe that my wife really does love me <laughs> or that my kids love me or that my grandkids love me. Um, you never have to worry about that with God. Right. God's love of us. He does love us. Um, so there's that. And, and I say that, you know, you, you keep yourself in the love of God by being obedient to him. So I'm just really doing a synopsis of these, and then mm-hmm. waiting anxiously, which, which means looking with anticipation uh, for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's already mentioned mercy at the very beginning of this letter in verse two. In verse two. And uh, it, it's, I, I look anxiously for the mercy of God, which tells me that, or, or says to me, I can anticipate the mercy of God in my life when I am following him, when I'm building myself up in the word, when I'm praying, when I am keeping myself being obedient to him. I can expect the mercy of God mm-hmm. um, because uh, we're, we're all still sinners. I mean, Romans 7, go to what Paul's doing there. 
We're all still sinners. We're going to sin, but the great news of the gospel is God's going to be merciful to us. And so we wait, looking for his coming, knowing that he's a merciful God, not in fear in in that I am terrified because of what he's going to do to me. But I know that when Christ comes, he comes full of his grace, full of his mercy for those that have given themselves to him. Right, right. And then you wrapped up with another great illustration, which Mm. you always do. Um, had never heard that story about Benjamin Franklin yeah, and the, and the yeah, streetlights. Yeah. You know, all the things that that uh, Franklin did, you know, gl- bifocals and uh, really the oven, uh, electricity, everybody, you know, he credits him with electricity. He did so many neat little things. Don't you wonder how a guy's mind like that works? I do. And I also thought it was really funny that you were like, they, they were ignoring him. Yeah, they and did. And putting him all there. was like, guys, it's Benjamin Franklin. This is Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. In the, he the might city have of Philadelphia, you know. So, okay. It's hard to see in the dark. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, you know. But he has this brilliant idea to go out, and it's so simple. Let me just put up a pole, and I'm going to hang a kerosene lamp on it. Right. And the funny thing is, is is how they talk about the people came out and just stood there staring. Like, wow. And like, well, we've never seen anything yeah. like this before. And then how Philadelphia eventually becomes an illuminated city. I love that. So he's not just finding a solution for the problem in front of his house. Mm-hmm. He's empowering, yes. inspiring, he becomes an example for that. everybody else right. to do it. Which yeah. is what you were talking it, about. It we catch, should do one, at a, one person on. at a time. Yep. One person person at a time. It it is amazing how one person who stands up, um, and my mind goes back with Russia on the verge of invading Ukraine right now. My mind goes back when Yeltsin was um, premier of Russia, and you remember they came out with the tanks, and there was one kid... Or one person, you know, you got this long way shot away, who walks up with a flower to the guy who is in the turret of the tank, standing up out of the tank, you know, gives him the, gives him the flower or whatever, or, and it just kind of breaks the whole thing down. Mm. You know, the whole Russian army just kind of, no, we're not going to fire on our wow. own people mm-hmm. kind of deal. Now, the Chinese were totally different. They did fire on their own people. Right. The Russians would not. But um, and there's a there may be a good reason why that was so. Anyway, but I won't go into that. That's for Sunday sermon. Yeah. Well, it's a, just a thought I had in my head. The background, the Christian background of of Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to as opposed to a couple of thousand years of uh, Buddhism and. Hinduism and ancestor worship and all mm-hmm. that they're that that still built into those folks over there are some Christian foundation. Mm-hmm. Some is some Christian foundation. Right. Uh, all right. Before we sign off, were we on? Were we live when we were going through? It started right as you started. All right. Let's do that one more time so that if you okay. missed at the beginning, someone wrote in and wanted to know what yeah. each graphic was. Okay. Pastor Matt's going to go through. This, Joe helped me because I never could figure this out. Hidden reefs that are right there. These are the false teachers. I, 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 that's what I'm thinking. Here's Michael and the devil disputing about the body of Moses. Here is Jude who is writing the little book. Mm-hmm. The angels... Uh, that are held in darkness. 
There's Cain and Abel right there, Cain killing Abel, and then the waves of the sea, like restless waves who the only thing it produces, foam. Mm -hmm. So right. anyway, great, great artwork there. Yes, it is. Again, so shout out to Jim. Good. Thanks, Pastor Mac. Enjoy the conversation this morning. Thanks for getting thank off you, a little you, bit you. off topic for a minute, okay. but I think it was yeah. it was good stuff. All right. Good. We see will y'all. see y'all next week.